The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got a wonderful show today. But before we do, I would like to turn the microphone directly over to Robin. Hi, Rob. (laughs) Hi, Sandra. Gee, it's good to be back. And um, as some of you may know, my absence for a couple of weeks has been due to a bereavement. Uh, I did lose my mom. Uh, She had been with us for almost 20 years. And uh, not only losing a mom, but losing the person that I've cared for um, in a in a very very close and dear way. So everyone's condolences have been so appreciated, and um, it's wonderful to be back. And it's wonderful moving on, and it's it's wonderful to see the sunshine every day, figuratively oh, you know. and literally. I know your mom is so proud of you, you know, the way you handled everything. You had a beautiful uh, funeral. I love the card uh, that you made from the funeral home. I have it up on my wall here. And now your mom and my mom can finally have tea in heaven. Uh, Isn't so that wonderful? <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, we went through this journey together. We did go through this journey together. And, um there's so many things I think that one uh, uses or, or, or needs in, in a time like this because you just never know when these things are going to happen. And as much as you think that you're prepared, uh, there's always something there's that that you have that takes you by surprise. And I have to say, between you being there and, and uh, my husband and my family, my children, my children just were an amazing support to me but yeah my husband was was right there to just give me the shoulder when I needed it or to <laughs> to carry the the things that I needed to be carried when I needed them um, it it's really um, it's it's a great thing family it really is it is and you know I learned so much from you Rob I mean you helped me you know through my mom's passing you know and I was a single mom you know and get going through a divorce at the time so I had like anti-support and you were so great with that and what was really a gift to me during this passing of your mom was not only to see how you handled it because it reinforced you know that I was okay the way I handled it I know that sounds oh, silly gosh. but I need that reinforcement but also to watch how you and Stephen navigated 
you know, the stress that comes up, because you have day-to-day stress in a long-time marriage, but, you know, with the death and the death of your mother, there's so many more stressors that come on, and I was privileged to watch how you guys handled it, and I really learned a lot. I have to tell you, that was really powerful for me. I think that's like your mom, Virginia Casper's gift to me. Oh, that's really beautiful. There are so many times, I think, that, yes, whether it's you and me talking, I mean, at least you weren't alone. You you did have uh, your your sisters and your brothers were there for you. Um, you, did, you processed all of that together. You're, you processed with your dad because at times I'm sure your dad needed you, and then there were times that you needed your dad. So those are very special times, and I think in in – going through a death you do uh need that time to talk about memories to share a laugh to share a tear to be able to realize that our um time spent with that person was very very precious not it's very hard to say goodbye but instead of dwelling on the tears of now we have to just be joyful for the years of 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 joy Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, watching, you know, you and Stephen through all this, you know, I'm going to keep going back to it. it was such a gift to me to see what a marriage could be in crisis. You know, not that the marriage was in crisis, but, you know, when mm-hmm. your mom dies, yeah. you go into crisis mode. We, Stephen and I have been married for 37 years. I had to sort of count on my fingers. <laughs> We're going to be 37 years, um, and so we have had a long marriage, and we have gone through a lot of things. We've gone through bereavements. We've gone through cancer. We've gone through heart problems. We've gone through um, remnants of military uh, things. We've gone through, yeah, we've gone through PTSD. We've gone through a lot of things, and... um, it's an ebb and a flow then that's so that's just such a corny term i think at this point in time people use it too much but it really is an ebb and a flow because there are times that i've been there for him and then there are times that he's been there for me and then there's times that we're joyful together yeah, well, and, you know, in the military, we have such a high, high divorce rate. You know, it's, it, you know, divorce is high in our country on a good day, but you add, you know, the military stressor on top of it, and I think it just, mm-hmm. you know, it just puts, puts a lot of couples over the edge. And, um, you know, we're having a marriage series come up in July, July 8th, 15th, and the 22nd. We've got some marriage and family experts coming on, authors who've written books about this. And, you know, I just think it's really important that we talk a lot about on our show, you know, what kids need and what the spouses need and, you know, what people need. And, you know, we need to stay together. You know, I know there's times when people should divorce. I'm one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am, even after the divorce process, I am an even firmer advocate of working everything out until an absolute last resort. And um, I just think you and Stephen are beautiful, shining examples of what can be. You're right that there are so many challenges, I think, that a military 
marriage has to face. And there are times that sometimes the the two spouses almost work well individually and sort of are a yin and a yang that overlap every so often. And then there are times that they are together all the time. Our nephew, for example, we've we've uh, we had um, his wife on uh, in the fall. Um, she they she's been in Germany with him and raised their children in Germany uh, on base almost all of the children's lives. So there are are times when um, there's so many challenges that a military family has to face. I am so excited that we're doing this series because I think finding the right pattern for every marriage is going to be different and finding the right pattern for a military marriage is even more complex and I I think this series is going to really offer some very interesting and enlightening uh, tips, I guess you could say, tips. Yeah, tips, tricks, techniques, the whole thing. You know, that that we just have the opportunity to explore some of these things um, because a lot of times, you know, marriages can be repaired. You know, I spent years in counseling with my ex-husband, you know, trying to repair our marriage and trying to put it back together. And mm-hmm. even though it didn't work out for me, I can see where this would have been of value years earlier. Like one of the therapists we had on, I don't know if it was Dr. Jody Bramer or Dr. Suzanne Phillips, talked about, right. you know, getting some assistance before it's too late. Um, right. You know, and that's just so hard to know when to, um, you know, when to get help. But I think, you know, you said something really powerful to me. You say, you know, marriage takes a lot of work and we have to work on it, you know, almost every day. You're right. And I think, too, what works for one is not going to work for somebody else. Something that works for us might not be right for another family. And that's the challenge is to be able to be open minded enough to say, this is what's working for us. And this is what this we need between us. What is what is going to be right for us? And communication has to be the absolute beginning of it all, because the only way to level that that uh, that give and take is to be able to communicate, and if you're if you don't have that, then it's it's like remember I was talking about that analogy of a seesaw. You can have a seesaw, and if you've got a partner because you need the other half of the seesaw, that's not the right thing. You have to have the you have to be able to ride the ride <laughs> and have somebody beside you, not to fill the void of making the ride work. So. Yeah. Well, not to push the ride down or push you off of the ride. (laughs) When you make that analogy, I always get a chuckle inside because your vision of both going up and down seamlessly is so beautiful, and mine is like, get off that ride. Let me be first. And, you know, it's so funny. Because if somebody gets off the seesaw, you can't make it work on on its own. You have to have that other person. And when you're in sync, it's beautiful and it's fun. But um, I'd much rather ride the roller coaster with somebody beside me. Because the ride works whether they're there or not, but it sure is a lot more fun when they're with you. So It is a lot more fun. And we're going to have some fun today. Why don't you tell us um, about our guest today, since I just walked in the door from a freeway accident. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I you've made been up on the my, my teeth. 
<laughs> we have some great guests today. We have uh, our first guest is an author, Leland Shanley. Uh, we've read his books. We're so excited to have him on. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Project 7 Alpha. And then after we have uh, Leland on, we're going to talk to Kelly Buckley, um, he's a visiting scholar at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley, California. We're going to talk about dreams and nightmares in children. Um, and with children moving a lot in the military as they do, uh, with um, so many stresses sometimes that the unknown in a military family can bring, I'm sure that there are a lot of instances where kids just have these nightmares and we just have to help them work it through. So we'll be talking to Kelly Buckley after the half hour. But first we have uh, Leland Shanley, an accomplished writer in both fiction and nonfiction. Um, he is a rare author that has actually lived the passion he writes about. He's a retired naval aviator and a test pilot. He continues to fly with a major airline and is still active as a test pilot. So we have lots of questions to ask Leland Shanley right here on Military Mom Talk Radio. Don't go away. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on TogiNet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Do you ever feel like you're the invisible woman? Too polite to be political, too nice to be real, tame even though you really want to be unleashed, like you're living in a fairy tale without the happy ending. Well, Cinderella has left the ball, and it's time to wake up and break up with our own self-imposed glass slippers and ceilings. Welcome to Le Chic Speak, the polite woman's guide to self-expression, with your host, Jen Duchenne. Le Chic Speak is the Woohoo Radio Network's resident radio show dedicated to helping women turn on their power and turn up the volume of their voices so you can be seen, heard, appreciated, and celebrated. Join us on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time for your weekly dose of Le Chic Speak with your host, Jen Duchenne, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's a Top of his list and a stand. 
Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and are you in for a treat? Uh, Robin, it's really rare that we get an author that's a can-do, is-do, has-done, been-done, been-there, <laughs> done-that kind of author. And, you know, we have that in Leland Shanley today. Um, we're going to talk about Project 7 Alpha, his first no- uh, novel, which was a trilogy set in World War II. Then he's got Vengeance at Midway, and Guadalcanal is the second. And i got to tell you, my dad's so excited about today's show because he is a huge, huge fan of World War II, a huge fan of World War II aviation, actually aviation in general. He just got back from Florida where he went to an air show with my brothers and sisters. I had to stay home and work. But I'm really excited because I get to talk to Leland and not him. There you go. Leland, are you with us? Welcome. Well, thank you, Robin and Sandra. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. Thank you. How do you find time to do all this? I just have to buzz in right now going, you've got four kids, you fly professionally, you have Still your test pilot thing going on? I mean, there's a lot going on, yet you managed to write all these wonderful, wonderful, well-researched books. Well, I just, uh, I would set the computer up in the TV room while the kids were watching TV. I'd just uh, type away so that I was still around, but uh, instead of watching TV, I'd just be writing, and they'd walk by and correct my spelling mistakes. <laughs> and, uh, so it was kind of a family thing, I guess. <laughs> Have you always enjoyed writing, or has this all of a sudden, after all of the experiences that you have had, realized that, gee, I better start documenting these things? Well, kind of both. I, I wrote a little bit as a youngster, but uh, I really wanted to fly, and that became my focal point. So. I uh, went in the Navy and, and flew in the Navy, and then when I got out, I was asked to help with uh, some movies, doing some uh, uh, technical advising. And so part of that was rewriting scripts, and that just kind of got me going on it. And one thing led to another, and uh, next thing I knew, I had a couple books. Wow. Wow. Well, and i got to say, Rob, you know, one of the things that's really neat about these books, you know, and my dad brought this up, is that there's a real attention to accuracy and detail. And, you know, sometimes, you know, whether I'm watching a movie or sometimes reading a book, when I come up upon a, like a technical fact that's not right or a detail that, like, doesn't fit right or doesn't work with my own frame of reference, it ruins the book for me. And, uh, Leland, you had to take a lot of time to make sure that you got this stuff so accurate because I went and read the reviews and I went and looked I looked at the negative first that's what I always do to see like you know what and I couldn't find a whole lot I mean that had to be a huge effort on your part a very dedicated effort to make these so accurate yeah it is and and, uh, I was lucky I had my own little aviation library and my kids had always gotten me books on flying for Christmas and birthday and stuff so I had those for reference and then uh once I'd learned how to use the Internet, that helped a lot as well. 
I, I do <laughs> caution. You have to be careful on the Internet. But, uh, for example, I found the uh, original document sent by American Airlines to the employees. Someone had, in 1946, about Project 7 Alpha, someone had scanned it onto the Internet. And uh, I, I got a copy of it. And so that, that helped lay, lay down a basic uh, format for the story. Let's talk a little bit about the story and the relationship to American Airlines because not only is Project 7 Alpha uh, set in World War II, but explain the relationship to American Airlines. Well, at a point in the war, they, they really had a gap. Um, they couldn't keep up with uh, air crew. And so they, uh, the White House asked C.R. Smith if he would put a group together of not just pilots, but mechanics, uh, operational guys, and uh, air crewmen and radio men, and, and send them over to fly combat missions out of uh, the Assam Valley in India into China and Burma. And so in just a, a few short weeks, they uh, uh, got together a group, and over they went with the airplanes, and uh, they flew... Uh, Oh, uh, off the top of my head, I think it was four months. Uh, flew combat missions for four months. Um, and uh, one whole crew was lost, and then a, another pilot was lost, um, holding an airplane uh, while his crew bailed out. Oh, wow. Wow. And this is what's what's t- called the hump. If anybody has ever heard about the um, about that term, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, the Himalayans, uh, highest mountain chain in the world. <laughs> it must be beautiful to fly over when it's not a combat situation. Yeah, if you can get high enough. Uh, some of the, uh, like the DC-3, couldn't actually clear a lot of the peaks, so they'd have to go through valleys, which really added to the danger. What was so special about a DC-3, or as the military would say, a C-47, what uh, is special about that particular plane? Is it because of its easy to navigate, or is it because of its payload capacity that they wanted to use these to fly the hump? Well, I, I think it was it was just out there at, at the time. And they also mm-hmm. used the uh, C-87s, which was a hollowed-out liberator, and then the Air Commando came up later. Um, but the uh, DC-3 was, and then uh, C-47, they just literally made thousands of them. They were very rugged, uh, a tailwheel aircraft, which means they could go in very short, rough fields. Um, and they were, they just stayed together. They're still flying them now. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, because they, they're, uh, Steve was mentioning in our chat room, up to, uh, up and over 20, 29,000 feet. So that's extreme, especially, like you say, to get over the Himalayans. Right. And they were just, uh, it was always a good airplane. So um, it's what we chose for um, just about every theater. If you look in uh, Europe and and. Southeast Asia, and they still flew as, as late in combat as Vietnam. Exactly. In fact, Steve was retelling um, how they used them in even in missions that he was on. Um, 
did, does your family have a large military tradition, or were you just totally intrigued by this particular element of American Airlines' involvement? No, I, I come from uh, my grandfather actually served in uh, World War One in the trenches in infantry. He married late in life, and then I had uh, uncle in World War Two, a great uncle in World War Two, and then. Uh, uh, two uncles were pilots, uh, one Air Force, one Navy, and then uh, three out of four of my kids have, have served, or and my fourth wants to fly fighters as well. So, oh my gosh, so it is a family tradition. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> what brought uh, you, you know, to? I want to ask a question. Go really ahead. Quick. Sorry, this Sam. Is off the subject, but one of the things I read about you was seeing the hail bop comet and I you know I live out in the high desert I chose to live on top of a mountain because I'm a big stargazer I like to lay in the comfort of my hot tub at night and watch the meteor showers can you just tell me what it looked like and what you felt when you got up high enough like with the curvature of the earth and it start you know and everything starts to really twinkle what what crossed your mind at that point well it it's just such a uh, I don't know, an omnipresence up there. I mean, you're by yourself, and it's actually fairly quiet, even though to get that high we were going supersonic. But uh, you have, you know, you have your helmet on, so it's actually not that loud. And, and as you get up in the thinner air, there's less noise. So uh, we just decided to get the old F-4 up real high. We wanted to get a, a really good look at the Hale-Bopp Comet. It was moving uh, from behind the moon, I think, at that point. And uh, we just wanted to see it. And when we got up, we were about straight west of San Diego, out over the uh, uh, ranges near uh, San Clemente Island. And when we got up around 50,000 feet, the sun had just set, so you could start to see the curvature of the Earth. And... We pushed a little further, higher, even though we weren't supposed to because we didn't have pressure suits on. (laughs) We wanted to see it as close as we could, and it was just, it's like seeing a star up close, I guess, is the best description of it. I mean, did you see different color variations in the flickering? Was it just bright, bright, yellowish white? Because it looked yellow-white to me. It was really bright uh, white with a yellow tint. Uh, didn't flicker that much. The far-off stars actually will flicker more, I found. But the, I guess this, uh, the comet was so close, it just it burned pretty intense. Wow. That's just, you know, you, you see this on television, you see it in video, but I can only imagine that that does no justice to it compared to what it must really be like. Yeah, it's hard to describe, and one of the things I never took pictures hardly at all when I was when I was flying, um, just because they never did justice at all to me. Yeah, they, they yeah. So one dimensional and small as compared to you know the whole three sixty panorama. So I just never got into. I wish I had now more of the guys <laughs> I was with, but those days are gone. <laughs> 
Well, stay with us, Leland. We've got a break coming up, and we want to talk a little bit more about how this is actually the first part of uh, a trilogy. You have the second book uh, written, and we'll talk a little bit about that, and uh, and then what is on the horizon, figuratively and literally, for for you. Um, I understand that there is a script, a screenplay that may be in the making, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We're talking with Leland Shanley today. He's the author of um, Alpha. Oh, excuse me. I clicked off of my screen and I was going to say <laughs> the wrong name. Oh my gosh, that's embarrassing. We're back with Project 7 Alpha author <laughs> Leland Shanley right after this break. <laughs> Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on Toginet.com. In the annals of recorded history, there has never been anything that can compare to home movies. But now, in this modern era, where do you turn for the best information? Right here. It's the Home Movie Legacy Project, hosted by Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learn how to organize, digitize, share on social media, use this genealogy research, repurpose or even monetize found footage. Discover ways to find films about your own family that you didn't even know existed. Or create a documentary that can use the power of home movies to deliver a message that can impact the lives of many. For more on Rhonda and the show, go to our website, HomeMovieLegacy.com. Then be here as the journey continues with the Home Movie Legacy Project with Rhonda Vigent. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Hey, military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And for those of you that missed the first half of the show, we are visiting with Leland Shanley, and he is an author of uh, some uh, many books, but some of them being, you know, World War II aviation. Uh, if you're interested in World War II aviation, these are definitely some must-reads. Um, Rob, if people have missed the first part of the show, they can pick us up on iTunes at militarymomtalkradio.com. They can also go... Uh, to our, I guess, to our dot com, militarymomtalkradio.com, and they can also pick up these shows. There's a hundred and almost 150 of them now, uh, that span every topic from PTSD to marriage and family to deployment issues to great authors, great reads, and great finds. So, uh, you're not going to want to miss it. And we are celebrating our 50,000th download this month coming up this week. Isn't that exciting? We're so proud. <laughs> we are. We're growing in leaps and bounds. I love it. I love it. We're here today with Leland Shanley, uh, Leland Chip Shanley, and um, his first uh book of a trilogy, Project 7 Alpha, is uh, a wonderful read, but Leland, if you would tell us a little bit how this is a part of a trilogy. What is uh, Project 7 Alpha leading into in the second book? Well, in the second book, one of, one of the characters, it's uh, entitled Vengeance, and he loses people close to him in the first book. I don't want to give too much away. Mm-hmm, sure. But he then goes through... Uh, uh, naval aviation um, training all the way from off the street up to um, uh, a battle for the Guadalcanal so early in the war. And he is seeking vengeance for those he has lost in the war. And uh, it, it's pretty centric around that uh, character. But also, you know, Nothing is ever about one person, so it involves a lot of other characters, some that are infantry on the ground in uh, the Philippines at the time, and and then it all draws together in the, in the third book. I like the way you just said it's a story isn't about one person. It's about a lot of people that, and I think that was one of the things that was interesting about your writing style is that you set up a lot of scenarios that are concurrent that all apply to the the process. And I, I really like that about your writing. Very, very interesting. Well, thank you. Yeah, I try to pull it in, and I, I try to pull in, uh, the families that are left behind as well. Um, I, I think one of the motivations was that with that was my oldest son spent 15 months in the Sunni Triangle, so mm. I now know what it's like to be left behind and to worry. And uh, so it, I think it gave me a much different viewpoint as always being the guy out on the tip of the spear as I was, uh, you know, going through my career. So it try to present both sides of the coin because both are very hard and i think you're you're right uh now that you've had a son who has served you are sort of seeing uh, another dimension and i don't think when you're young and and first 
out serving or, or whatever. You don't quite think of it in those terms. I know when my husband was first out there, he happened to be serving with um, an uncle who was his commanding officer, and his uncle would drag him into the office every so often and say, you haven't written home in a while, go <laughs> go right home. Nobody, Everyone's giving me crap here because I haven't heard, you haven't sent any letters home, so it's it's hard to have that perspective. And now, of course, with our children being adults, that's the first thing. Where are they? What are they doing? Well, they're they're thirty years old. They can they can handle themselves. Well, I still need to know where they are, and I think that that is a whole different dimension, a whole different perspective. Sure is. Um, what is this we hear about a script possibly being written? Well, what I can tell you is it actually has been written. It is mm-hmm. in the city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it is with a major studio mm-hmm. being reviewed, but <laughs> that's all they'll let me say right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely should be sitting on the edge of our seats because there's going to be lots, lots more to be to be heard. I hope you can come back and visit us soon um, because there's going to be a lot more you can tell us about that. Absolutely. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. Before we let you go, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about Discovery, uh, the Discovery documentary on plane crash. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, sure thing. Uh, a few years back, I was asked uh, by a mutual friend, another naval aviator, if I could help set up a a company. They wanted us to drone a uh, Boeing 727 um, and then uh, fill it full of uh, scientific gear and then crash it in the desert and uh, on a specific profile uh, so that we could pass various survivability postures and equipment and um, and then also to see the impact, how it traveled through an airplane in uh-huh. a, a normal-type crash, um, which is really usually they're really just like a hard landing. Um, Generally, the airplane will break apart, but normally uh, most positions are survivable. So they wanted to get an actual measurement on that sequentially. And uh, we got lucky and were able to get all the data that was required, and and we didn't catch it on fire. Well, that's any. Uh, th- that's certainly a testament to the to the abilities of the pilot. I'm sure. Um, I, whether it's, I'm sure being a test pilot is exciting, but it has got to be scary for your family. Well, I think so. And um, my wife, we've been married 32 years, and you know we've been a team since the beginning. So. I mean, she knew what was going on, but at the same, sometimes she just didn't want details, and and uh, you know, if we had a problem or something during the day, and if I thought she was going to hear about it, I'd say something. But otherwise, I, I can myself. only imagine seeing your wife reading your books and saying, "Did you do this? Did you do this?" Yeah. Oh my God! I would have killed you if I had known this. <laughs> Oh, 
well, listen, whether it be on Discovery, whether it be on a major motion picture, or whether it be at your library or local bookstore, please look for Leland Shanley, and the last name is spelled S-H-A-N-L-E. Uh, Project 7 Alpha is a definite must-read, and we want to encourage everybody to watch for it. Leland, thank you for being our guest, and we look forward to having you real soon. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you guys, we've got going to switch gears right now. We're going to go from airplanes to dreaming. And we have Kelly Buckley with us today, and he's the author of Children's Dreams, Understanding the Most Memorable Dreams and Nightmares of Childhood. And, Rob, you know I got a whole list of nightmare and childhood <laughs> dreams to run by them. <laughs> uh, I think this hits everybody in, in just so many different uh, levels because not only have we all had our share of nightmares, but how many of us who are moms have sat up with our kids or, uh, or our spouses if, sometimes uh, with those nightmares? Absolutely, absolutely. Kelly, are you with us? Yes, I am. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to the show. So I've got the question that's burning on everybody's mind today <laughs> is, why children? There's lots of dream books out there. You know, I have a dream always where I'm standing in the front row of church and I'm singing hymns and my teeth are falling out and they're plinking on yeah. the floor. You know, they stick with us forever. Why focus on children's dreams and not just dreams in general? Yeah, well, the book grew out of, uh, I co-wrote it with uh, my mother, uh, Patricia Bulkley, and uh, it kind of grew out of our, you know, long-time discussions of dreams, uh, my dreams and her dreams, and uh, and we, as we got talking, we realized there really isn't a book out there that's, that, you know, clearly and without a lot of jargon and, you know, technical mumbo-jumbo, just kind of talks kind of parent-to-parent in terms of what are the, the basic patterns in children's dreams? What can parents expect? You know, they, they will or won't see, and, and what to do about nightmares, things like that. So, yeah, there just wasn't oh, much out there. I mean, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm just curious, are there, is there really that big a difference between children's dreams and nightmares and those that we have as an adult? Well, yeah, there are. Um, I mean, children have in sort of you know, ter- frequency terms, more nightmares than adults do just generally. So so childhood dreaming tends to be more nightmarish, just more scary stuff happening. And, you know, one way to think of that is, you know, dreams are like like uh, growing pains. You know, as a child's body is growing and stretching and sometimes it hurts, you know, all, all that growth. Same thing happens with their minds, which are growing and stretching and, you know, developing in new ways. And that sometimes... Uh, you know, kind of a message we try to get across in the book is uh, for parents not to be overly concerned if their child has kind of a, a, a natural amount of nightmares, because that's, that's part of growing up. Um, Do children have more n- dreams and than adults, and do they have more nightmares in, in proportion to those dreams? Yeah, well, well, it, it, it seems, I mean, a lot of this kind of research, you know, is, is, is hard to say there's, there's definite answers, but it seems that children rem- remember more of their dreams uh, overall than do adults. And that just might be that adults kind of stop remembering as many of their dreams as they did when they were children. Um, 
but it does seem mm. that children are are a little closer to that kind of uh, playful imaginary world than than adults are, and uh, that's true. Uh, so, so it's it's actually one of the re- another one of the reasons we felt so strongly about putting putting out the book and the ideas in it is, uh, you know, I think the more parents can help their children develop a healthy relationship with their own dreaming imaginations, uh, those children will grow up to be adults who have a healthy yeah. relationship with their dreaming imaginations. And, and you know, the, the connections between dreaming and, and creativity and, and emotional intelligence and... Uh, Kelly, you know, we've, got a, we've got a break right here. Uh, and sure. We're going to pick you up after the other side of the break. I'm sorry to interrupt. We're okay. going to talk a lot more about dreaming and why children have so many dreams and, of course, their imagination after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's in. American way, Uncle Sam put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Mom. 
This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we want to thank Leland Shanley for uh, coming on the show with us, and you guys can pick him up at Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles, and he has e-versions available. Now, we were visiting with Kelly Buckley, and he wrote a book with his mom about children's dreams and understanding the most memorable dreams and nightmares of childhood, and I think it's so interesting um, to have this discussion because all the dream books out there, I agree with you, they're all analyzing adult dreams. They really don't get into children's dreams. And I loved what you said about growing pains, that, you know, as our brains mature and we mature personally, you know, nightmares are a part of that, uh, just like leg cramps. I mean, Rob, did you experience that with both your kids as I have? I had interesting my son has the most amazing imagination and his dreams were not scary dreams they were always adventures Emily had maybe a few more scarier dreams, but she kind of lived in Ross's shadow because he was the one who was the the first child syndrome thing with all of the all of the uh, dominance, and then she was following. So there were times that she felt more vulnerable, um, but I don't recall a lot of scary nightmares that that we had. Um, and I guess that's what's interesting is that. The parents have to go in and comfort their little ones. And what do you think, Kelly, might be uh, the best way to approach when you've got a child who's absolutely screaming and crying and yeah. still half asleep, probably? Yeah, yeah, and and pretty much all parents have been there, right? I mean, that's that's a pretty yeah. common. Uh, well, you know, the, the the main thing we we advise is you know beyond kind of obviously comforting your child and holding them tight and giving them that, that kind of physical reassurance is just a, a, a sense of comfort about uh, the dream as kind of an expression of their own imagination. And rather than saying, oh, it was just a dream and, you know, you don't have to think about that anymore, um, just acknowledging like, wow, that, that was a really, that's a scary story. Your, your, your mind just told yourself. Can, can you hear me okay? I hope you want to make yeah. sure. Yeah, audible here. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the the general idea is to just create a, a space of comfort for a child to um, explore and just be be aware of of these strange images and feelings and and stories that come into their own minds and to, to recognize that whatever you know we we're, we're not big on sort of interpreting dreams like sort of analyzing you know it means this. That or the other thing. I mean, you can do that, of course. But 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 the most important thing, I think, is just giving a child a sense of comfort with his or her own imagination and just you know the the the, the creative things that can emerge uh, when we sleep. And and you know, again, that is as as a general um, ability to be creative and to to have you know visions of, of new possibilities. That's that's what enables people to grow up and be really successful in adulthood. So You know what I used to do with the kids is that when they would have vivid dreams, and if they were a little scary, I'd have them write a story about it, and whether I had to transcribe it if they dictated it to me or if they were old enough to write, because then they became the protagonist who was then in control of the outcome. And yeah, by oh, that's them being in, in control, it then took the fear away and they didn't have the scariest nightmares they had more of the adventures 
Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. Well, and, and you know, it's interesting, and, and and I I imagine a fair number of your shows probably touch on the theme of post traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. and and one of the one of the research findings ETHD is that the start off is like kind of very graphic sort of repetitive replaying of whatever the traumatic event was, but then over time and as healing proceeds, uh, the nightmares change and become more, less sort of dramatic, I mean, direct uh, replaying and more sort of symbolic, more adventure-like, more like stories. And, mm-hmm. and what seems to happen is that very uh, process of our dreams taking our fears and our concerns in the world and making stories out of them, that, that's kind of a, a self-healing process, I think. And so, again, this is something that, you know, when children are struggling with, with you know, scary things in the world and all sorts of new things happening that they are trying their best to understand and make sense of, um, nightmares are part of, you know, their, their efforts to weave those feelings and experiences into stories and, and adventure. You know, I think that's, yeah. that's a really good way of putting it. Right. Well, and for those of you listening, there is a little bit of a wobble, um, and I just don't want you to adjust your computer. That's just something that we're experiencing with the connection with our guests. Um, I have a question to ask. Uh, this happened with my kids. Um, it's the worst part of their divorce, and, you know, they were four and, like, uh, seven at the time. My older one actually reported stopping dreaming. You know, I, I expected him to have nightmares. I expected him to have all these things. And I was really unexpected when they did a dream project in the classroom. And he said he doesn't remember his dreams. And is that is that fairly common um, in a stressful situation like a divorce? Yeah, yeah, actually. And, and you know, dream recall has uh, ebb and a flow. You know, they're kind of tidal rhythms to people's recall, where there are times in our lives when uh, we seem to remember a lot of dreams and other times not so much. And um, I tend to put a lot of trust in just kind of that that natural rhythm. And so if, if, you know, a child is going through something stressful, um, some children might react by by remembering a lot of their dreams. Um, And other children might, you know, the, the, the conscious recall may not be there, although, you know, sort of scientifically speaking, I mean, our brains are active all during the night, so in a, in a sense, we're always dreaming, even if we don't remember it. Um, and so I, I, I trust that, that even if we're not remembering the dreams, they're, they're, they're doing their, their healing work. Um, for some people in some circumstances, it helps to remember the dreams and bring them out. Other times, you know, not so much. So I would, I would trust your your son's wisdom, you know, sort of own inner wisdom about that. Hmm. Hmm. I think it's interesting how sometimes you wake up in vi- a dream is so vivid, and you almost are still experiencing it. And then there are times that you just can't remember, even moments after you wake up. Why? Why were you crying? I don't know why I was crying. Yeah. You, you almost can't remember it. Do you remember as a kid? Is this is this maybe why you worked on this topic with your mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I had to yeah. lead into that. Oh, of course, no. It's, it's, it's well. Yeah, I mean it's 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 such a such a mysterious uh uh experience to um you know 
seem like, I mean, this, I remember when my oldest child was maybe three or so and he woke up from a nap and I could tell he like, he was coming right out of a dream. And he said, well, my friend John was right over there, but now he's not. And, and there's that, that kind of what's reality, what's dream realization that, um, when we're dreaming, we, we seem to enter this, this whole other world, you know, and that's, so yeah, that's, 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 that's been fascinating to philosophers and uh, theologians for, for ages. And I think that the children are, are naturally intrigued by that as well. And, uh, you know, again, this is why I think if parents are, are encouraging of that, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a good way of helping children kind of answer the big questions they have about the world, like what is real? You know, what, 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 what happens when I go into a dream? What does that mean? When a family is experiencing a, a member of the, who is in deployment and there's a lot that that is unknown, I'm sure that um, accelerates children's dreams and probably nightmares. Um, we've only got a few minutes left to the show, Kelly. Can you just give us something that uh, is a good tip for, for some of our military families to help their kids with those kinds of dreams? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, there's we have a we have a dream from a military family uh, in the in the book. Uh, a, a father who uh, was back after several deployments, so it wasn't in the midst of it. A six year old girl who dreamed. I'll, I'll say it briefly where her family was um, in a in an area where a king had decided that everybody with a baby uh, was going to be executed, and, and they oh, had wow. a baby, and so there's kind of a but but and, and soldiers were coming after and such. But it was an adventure, kind of like what you were you were mentioning. It was like, you know, the family sort of went here and hid over there, and finally they got to Canada. That I, for some reason she decided yeah. that Canada was <laughs> safe. But wow. so anyway, it was yeah. it was one of these cases where, yeah, uh, sort of her own healing vision of of her family and her father as a soldier. Mm, how interesting, Kelly. We do have to say goodbye. Where can we find uh, some of your writings? Uh, well, my I, I have a website under my name, uh, kellybulkley dot com, and uh, uh, this book uh, is certainly on Amazon as well as other other books I've written. Yeah, and thank you. Better you. spell I've, your last name. Spell it out because Kelly can be spelled diff- differently as yeah. is Bulkley. Thank you. Yeah, so it's a K E L L Y, and last name B U L K E L E Y. Excellent. Kelly, thanks so much, and I hope you can join us uh, again because this is a topic that we'll certainly want to revisit for yeah, our families. Well, I, I, thanks for being with well, us. I appreciate it. And sorry, sorry about the bad audio. I hope I oh, that's quite all right. Through. You know, <laughs> we're, we roll with the punches. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much. Take care. Next week, you're going to all want to join us. We have Aaliyah Reese. Um, she's from Heartstar Press, and we have received her book, which is amazing. It's a, a wonderful hands-on book where you can insert some pictures in and um, exchange, make it a very personal book. We have Bonnie Latino joining us, Your Gift to Me, and another author, Kay Putnam, will be joining us, who's going to talk about being a successful military wife. There's a lot of challenges to that. Uh, 
Um, again, if you've missed either of our guests today, Leland Shanley or Kelly Bulkley, you're going to want to check in our Military Mom Talk Radio podcast page. We have all the podcasts there, as we do right here on our Tokenet Station page. Thanks for joining us on Military Mom Talk Radio. For Sandra Beck, this is Robin Boyd. Have a great week, everyone.